0: All right. Welcome back to our next episode of Here by the Owl podcast. We're here with our good friend, Mary. Mary, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, uh, My name is Mary Hoffman. I'm the ag teacher or one of the ag teachers at Sleepy Eye Public Schools in Sleepy Eye, Minnesota. Um, I teach 7th through 12th grade ag classes Lots of different classes, ranging from plants to animals, wildlife and natural resources, intro to ag classes with 7th and ninth grade, uh, food science, and then welding, some shop. Uh, we have about 160 FA members and around 220 students in ag classes. There's about 240 students in the high school, 7th through 12th grade. And currently we do have three ag teachers, but we teach all the like woods and mechanics We teach all the foods type classes, business
0: classes, and then more traditional ag classes as well. Awesome. And Mary's going to be here uh, discussing her involvement in NAAE and really focusing uh, on why it's so important uh, to get us to get involved. So Brianna, you want to get us started?
2: Sure. Yeah. Well, first Nikki, I guess for maybe some new listeners or new ag teachers, um, what does NAAE stand for?
0: Yeah. So, uh, for ag teachers that are listening, that's the National Association of Agricultural, uh, educators in your state. You also have like for North Dakota, it would be NDAAE. Minnesota would be M-A-E. So, uh, you know, you can get involved at your state level, your regional level, and your national level. So we're going to focus a little bit about you know all of, all of that today, uh, and really discuss the benefits of why a teacher needs to get involved uh, at all levels. And I think that sets us apart too from other teachers. Uh, and you're gonna you're gonna see that. So if you're not an ag teacher listening, uh, if there's a chance to get involved in your own teaching. Uh, organization. We, we highly encourage that. But um, So, Mary, what is your current involvement in NAE and kind of describe those roles and responsibilities that you have with that.
1: Yes, I currently serve as the Region 3 NAE vice president and with this position, I represent Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa, North Dakota, and South Dakota on the NAE board. I typically attend like three in-person meetings, two in Lexington, Kentucky, and then one at the NAAE convention, wherever that is. Um, This year with COVID, obviously, it's been a little bit different and some meetings have been remote. Um, I run the Region 3 business meetings during the Region 3 conference, which ours is typically in June. And I'm also the board consultant to the public policy committee. So there's seven different committees um, on the NAAE level and I'm a consultant for the Public Policy Committee. And then I also, during the opportunity of my three-year term, get to visit all the state conferences in my region. And then I can also attend National Policy Seminar in Washington, D.C. if I wish to. So those are some of the basic things that I do.
2: Okay, awesome. So how did you start out getting involved in NAAE?
1: Well, I actually began my involvement 25 years ago, so I just finished my 25th year of teaching this year. Um, I joined the state. First off,
0: that doesn't even (laughs) seem real. You can't see Mary, but everybody listening, Mary's young, so. (laughs) I
1: feel young. (laughs) Yeah, I joined the state association in Wisconsin, where I'm from and where I was teaching at the time, and a lot of times ag programs or states have affiliate membership, so when you belong to the state membership, you also belong to the national organization, and then you can do like ACT as well, which is all of career and tech education. And I just typically attended my state's summer conference every year and was a member of different various committees at the state level, like the record book committee, safety, banquet, those types of things. And it probably wasn't until after five years of teaching that I ran for my first leadership position in Wisconsin as a, like a section vice president. And then I also got involved in my local community. So that's important as well. So not just the ag teacher organizations, but the community itself, like ag promoter groups or fair livestock committees, farm bureau, farm safety for just kids. And then after teaching in Wisconsin for 11 years, I moved to Sleepy Eye, Minnesota, where I just finished 14 years of teaching. And I've been involved in a lot of things in the state of Minnesota uh, SAE committee for 10 years. And I was chair for six, um, the CDE committee. And then I was a member of a lot of different boards. So when you become a state officer, like ag teacher organization officer in Minnesota, you sit on things like um, the FA Foundation board, Minnesota team ag ed board, um, those types of things. I'm also a grant writer for MAAE. We do a lot of professional development in the summertime for ag teachers specifically on like hands-on skills that they need like welding or landscaping, electricity, small engines, and I write the grants for those. I started out in Minnesota as a region six director and then later became the MAAE vice president, president elect president, past president. And other than that, I just serve on our state's Teach Ag Results, or STAR, committee. And then um, I became a member of the Member Services Committee for NAAE. So that's kind of my journey, I guess, in professional development.
0: Okay, so you said your first through fifth year of teaching, you just did some committee work. Uh, can you explain, like, how you, I guess, how did you put yourself out there? Uh, You started in Wisconsin, there's a lot of egg teachers in Wisconsin, Um, I'm sure you had some hesitations, but why, I mean, I guess, why did you jump in and get started?
1: Actually, in Wisconsin, everybody gets to be on a committee. So one of the lunches during um, summer conference is a committee lunch. So they have like different table, like placings where your committee meets and talks. So in Wisconsin, it was really easy to get involved on a committee. Minnesota, you have to kind of run for the different committees and there's not as many um, committees to be involved in. So I think each state is a little bit different in that sense.
0: Okay. Well, and I think that setup kind of allows you to see what it, you know, takes to, and see what's involved. And it's probably a little lower of a risk than, you know, maybe running, like you said, uh, in Minnesota. Yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: So then um, remind me, what was your first ran position that was a district?
1: Yeah in Wisconsin they have sections so it's a section one vice president. Or okay
0: president. Yeah. so running for that what what did that take and I guess you know were you nervous or you know what made you want to want to step up and do that?
1: Well it was 20 years ago <laughs> so I'm not exactly sure if I remember what it felt like but Um, I like to be a mover and a shaker. Like I want to help where I can. I want to do more usually. Um, so that was kind of a way for me to get more involved in, um, my area of the state and then on the state uh, board as well. And you have to like be nominated and then voted in. And that would be the same in Wisconsin or in Minnesota as a, a region director is what we have here.
0: yeah so I guess I just remember being a you know fifth year teacher, and everybody in that room was intimidating. so I think um, you know for people listening, if you're in that same boat, no matter what year you are teaching um it's it's just good to put yourself out there. Uh, did you have some mentors? You've had a lot of experience, you know, from the state level to regional. Uh, and national, you know who are some mentors that have really helped you become, and you don't have to say you know specific names if you don't have to, but you know people that have helped you um, move forward, or people you've seen um, hold these similar positions that you you knew that you wanted to work in that you know same um, entity.
1: Yeah, there's always like leaders in your region, your area, your district that you can kind of look up to and ask questions and find out like, do you think I'm ready um, for this position? Kind of feel it out first. And then if they think they're ready, they will probably be the one to nominate you and help you along uh, with the process. Um, There are so many people that are just willing to help. And the mentorship usually starts at your kind of local region sectional level. And to find find some of those rock stars in the region and learn from them.
0: Um, So for those people listening, obviously you said you you love to be helpful, but there's got to be other benefits of um, getting involved. So, you know, what are some of those things to you?
1: Yeah, in NAAE specifically, um, there's so many professional development opportunities. There's travel and networking opportunities. There's also opportunities for awards. So nobody thinks they need awards, but man, is it nice to be recognized um, for what you're doing every day on the ground. Um, And then access to programs such as Teacher Turn the Key, Accelerate, Case. Like There's so many programs right now for ag teachers at all levels that being a part of NAAE just helps you find those programs and then um, learn how to be involved.
0: So, um, I guess, what is your favorite benefit? If you were going to pick something and kind of highlight to maybe a new teacher wondering if they should join or wondering if they should get involved, you know, what is maybe your top benefit um, for you personally?
1: Probably the top benefit is like the people that you meet from around the country. Like one of my best friends right now is from Ohio. And um, I actually kind of met her through um, some FFA, national FFA stuff, but it's kind of in the same realm of, of the national level and, and helping out. And another one of my friends is from Pennsylvania. Like I would not have friends around the country or people to lean on and ask questions and, just motivate me as well and then the professional development is so good like at all levels your state level professional development is good but then when you go to NAAE and there's like 90 workshops to choose from I mean that's just crazy to even think about that they have that many people that want to present workshops and then the next week like literally you can do a new phone activity in your classroom and I just get really excited and recharged from going to those
2: I think it's awesome that you listed both of those benefits. Um, I actually attended my first NAAE convention this year. Um, I'm only a fourth year; I'm starting my fourth year, I guess, of teaching. So, just kind of getting started. And um, I remember being a first year teacher, and oh, you know, the the dues are kind of expensive. You know, when you're a first year teacher and you're just out of college, and um, you know, so glad that I decided to join and get involved for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, I mean, you, you've obviously worked your way up in the organization and you've already mentioned some of your offices that you've held. Um, But to highlight those again, what in general, what have been some of those offices you've held and how have you worked your way up through NAE and also clarify, do you need to work your way up uh, through the organization in order to get involved at the national level?
1: Yeah, I would say there's a different route for everyone, but the first thing to do as an ag teacher would be to get yourself established in your classroom, your school, and your community. Because I think that's super important to break, you know, build your base, build your foundation, not think that you should be like super involved outside of that right away. But then once you're comfortable, then get involved in your region or district section, like a more localized um, effort. And then you could do something on the state level, like a committee. And then when you're ready, you know, run for office in your state. Or you can serve on a national committee. And that um, we can talk about a little bit too. Uh, You can attend your region conference. And that's something that is super fun. And you get to network with the states right around you, people in those states. And that's a super cool opportunity. And then after you have experience in, you know, your state, a national committee, And if you still want to do more, you could run for a regional secretary position than something like regional vice president, like I am currently.
0: So would a person have to do those things? You know, would they have to work their way up in the organization or could they just get started at the regional level?
1: I think it's up to the person. Obviously, some things you have to like submit um, like a resume and have some credentials Um, You could do a national committee before you did anything in your state because the national committees, you run for those um, in your region and there's region representatives, three region representatives on every committee nationwide. And so it's an opportunity for like 21 people from your six or seven state area to get involved at the national level. And those you just do right now, they're set up so it's a three-year term. But you do um, two like online or webinars or Zoom calls per year is the main commitment. And then if you want to go to the regional conference and learn more, or if you want to go to the national conference and learn more, then you're absolutely able to do that.
0: Well, I'm sure for a person wanting to get elected into a higher position, either in the region or in and a, having that establishment at the state level and regional level is super beneficial um, right. to have those people to, who can support you. Um, I, I mean, I remember my first Region 3 conference. It was in Wisconsin. And yeah. I remember going as like a little egg teacher and like everybody knew everybody. And I was like, how do they know all these people? They don't even live in North Dakota. But now now I feel like I'm getting there where I know most of the people in the room. So um, it is, it's, it's a conference that I always look forward to. And it was sad we had to do them all virtually this year. But I was also so impressed how many people showed up to our virtual Region 3
1: Yeah.
0: when, I mean, I know a lot of people are tired of being online, but what was the highest number I was trying to watch? It was over 100, right?
1: Yeah, the highest number I saw was 133, and that's the highest conference number I've ever seen. Um, Typically, I think it's like 70 to 80. Um, The Iowa one was a little bit higher. I think we might've been around 100, but yeah, that was super cool to see that many people just still wanted to be a part of it.
0: So what are your, so you're currently serving, did you serve as secretary for the region? I can't remember.
1: I did, I was secretary one year. There was someone else who was secretary the two years before that, but she didn't want to run for the region vice president position. So then she allowed me to to run for region secretary so that I would have a little bit of experience on the board before being region VP. I mean, you don't have to be region secretary to be the vice president. But it surely helps.
0: <laughs> yeah so now you're currently serving as the VP and can you kind of highlight your future goals uh, being involved in NAE? Yeah my,
1: my future goal in NAAE is to run for president-elect this December during conference and then hopefully that would lead to becoming the NAAE president the following year if I was elected. So I guess I didn't know that that was my goal ever. Um, But now that I've been a vice president, I think I have a lot to offer and I'm just really excited just to put myself out there and give it a try.
0: What does run, walk us through what running for that position looks like for people that have not been to conference?
1: You have to submit um, like your resume and a MOU. So MOU is a memorandum. Memorandum of Understanding. And that is from your school district. So your school has to support you in running for any of these positions. If you're a a committee, national committee member, if you're a regional secretary, region VP, um, or if you run for president elect, you have to get something from your school that says they support you. Because sometimes it does lead to you um, missing school. So I have to um, submit all those things by September. And then at conference, um, I would go around to each regional meeting and give a short, like, kind of introduction to myself, so people get to know who I am. And then I also submit some information, so they have a like information sheet that they hand out. And then during um, one of the lunches, I get to give a speech, uh, kind of a pitch, I guess, about myself. And then people would actually vote on the last day of conference. I got nervous just thinking about all
0: that. I'm a little nervous for you. (laughs) Um, I always get nervous for other people's things. So um, uh, I'm excited to see you run. And I remember sitting and hearing people's speeches and thinking they're so brave (laughs) to do that (laughs) in front of all their peers. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. So what, What term do you serve when you're a president? Is that a three year position?
1: It's a two year. So the first year you're president elect, and then the second year you are the president.
0: They don't do past president at the national level for anything?
1: I think they do kind of, um, you have like the title, and then if the president needs anything, like you're available to help, but you don't technically like sit on the board or go to any of the meetings
0: anymore. Awesome. So how do you feel, you know, I've listened to, you know, president candidates come in the regional meeting and introduce themselves. Um, You know, what do you think you have to offer membership um, and the organization coming from region three in Minnesota?
1: Um, I think I have a lot to offer. I've taught in two different states, which is a nice perspective to have. Um, just to see how different states operate and um, what it's like to teach in different states and it's kind of funny like it's a lot the same but yet there's still some differences as far as like a lot of the FA stuff is probably more different than the ag teacher stuff but I have that perspective and then getting to know people in all of our six states I think then I have to bring that regional perspective as well. Um, I've taught for 25 years so I think I have a lot of life experience Um, and I've been my own department a lot of my years and then at Sleepy I built this program now we have three um, teachers because we've kind of we're all like CTE right now we teach all all of it Um, so I have that perspective as well as being a single person department and double and then now triple um, team and I don't know I just love this job so much that I just, I have a lot of passion for what I do and I bring that to the team.
0: Brianna, as, as a young teacher, what do you think young teachers in your position um, need to see from leaders like Mary, or even at the state level, how do we get more people involved in the organization? You know you said you paid your dues, but I mean you're right they're they're expensive, and you look at that price tag and you know you're broke at the time, even when you've been teaching for ten years, you might still be broke um, but I guess what yeah what do what do young teachers need to hear?
2: Well, I would say first and foremost, like i for young teachers like having the benefits laid out so that you can see like actually what's this giving to you because I think a lot of times like I don't know about other states but in North Dakota it's like you just pay your dues you know like you walk you go over there and you pay your dues because that's what you do and for a young teacher you might not really understand what that even means or what that's getting you and you know there's a lot of organizations you can join in your local school district and in the state and you're not really sure what those all mean Um, and then I would say too like for older more experienced teachers to kind of take some of those new teachers under their wing and, and make them feel comfortable at um, any events that we're doing within the state or inviting them to Region 3 or inviting them to some of the professional development so that you have that connection with them. Um, Because I think it can be very intimidating for a young teacher. You don't know anyone, or maybe you just know a couple people you graduated with, but then you're all kind of like the blind leading the blind because (laughs) um, none of you really know what you're doing. Um, So yeah, I think those would be the the two biggest things is um, a more experienced teacher kind of mentoring, and then maybe it's a brochure or a flyer or something that lists off those benefits to join.
1: Do you guys have um, a mentor program in your state? not,
0: not structured.
1: Okay. Cause a lot of states have a formal mentoring program and okay. there's this called tip like teacher induction program. And at their first like summer conference, they have extra programming and they would have like the state officers would come in and talk to them about membership benefits and um, give them some of those opportunities that they can be involved in, even at, as a young teacher. So right now, there, we have developed a mentor handbook that's on like the NAAE website. So all states have access to it. So hopefully more states will kind of do some sort of mentor program because, yeah, that that mentor is super important. Um, and just getting that information right away can help a lot.
0: Yeah. Brianna, we do tip in in North Dakota. Do they when you were involved did they bring in people from our state association to discuss being a member?
2: No not really Um, and we also do the induction program with uh, family and consumer sciences so that might be part of the reason why too Um, but I also it's overwhelming being a new teacher I mean it truly Mm. is and maybe they touched on it at our first PDC and I just don't remember. yeah and there's just so much, and it's it's just right. all all at once kind of thing, so yeah
0: and I think the hard part when I paid my dues, what seems like a million years ago my the gentleman that i student taught under uh Rick Vanette he just said, You pay your dues, and I was, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir, you know, <laughs> so um, and I'm so happy I did because I paid my lifetime membership right away, which they let me post a check for like months out, and I was like, I hope that doesn't bounce. <laughs> I think I'll have money then, but I'm not sure. And so <laughs> um, I think a lot of people just pay you know, their year dues because either maybe they don't see themselves teaching in five years or they're not really sure. And I think, and Mary, you made a comment about your favorite benefit. I think the best benefits of being involved are things that aren't tangible, which is why it's so hard to make it seem so important to join to people because you just got to do it and you got to get involved to really feel what the rest of us feel, you know. Um, Now I would not even, go ahead.
1: Basically, you're just expanding your family.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because that's...
1: you have like a family, a little family in your school. Probably your FA members and your ag students are your family at school. But then you have like your ag teacher family within your region and your state. And then being an NAAE gets you, you know, to expand your family to something like region three or all the way, you know, no borders basically, which is super
0: cool. Yeah. My kids always like they're blown away when I just you know they'll they'll sometimes do you know a teacher in Texas yes do you know a teacher in South Carolina yes like they're blown away by the reach of egg teachers but you would not have that without your involvement in NAE and I 100% um, believe that but when I was a new teacher I wouldn't have because that's not tangible at the time, you know, tangible things are you get insurance and you get you know, (laughs) discounts and, but the best
2: ones are the the ones that aren't tangible. But I would say too, you know, like with your students saying that, like we tell our kids so often to, um, you know, go to the state leadership conferences and and get involved in FFA at the state level so you can meet people. And I think oftentimes we forget about that as, as ag teachers that we can still get involved and and meet people too and have connections with them Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say too for maybe someone who's worried about the cost of those dues um, I would talk to your school at my old school that I just left they paid our dues and our membership fees because they also paid like coaches fees um, for all the coaches in the school so um, I would talk to your administration too and maybe they could cover some of your dues if you're worried about not being able to afford it especially as a beginning teacher.
1: Yep and if it's part of your like professional development costs like sometimes it's double the amount to go to the conference as a non-member so if they see that they'll cover you know cover the fee so that would be cool.
0: For sure and Uh, you know, if you need a mentor, you know, reach out to somebody that you feel comfortable in your state. And I'm sure they'd even be willing to sit down with you and have a mock conversation that you would then turn around and have that conversation with your administration. Um, Because I know those can be intimidating as well to try to justify that cost to your, to your admin. Um, That being said, you know, Mary, you said some of the things you do, you're required to be gone for, you're required to miss school. Um, how, how do you go about getting your, your school to support that uh, and, and I guess being a cheerleader for you through this?
1: Well, I think like your school always wants positive publicity with whether it's the ag program, FFA, or any teacher in the building. And being on something like a state leadership team, a national leadership team, Like, that gives a lot of, like, I don't know, positive publicity for your school as well, as long as you're telling people about it. And so my school, the one I'm at now, Sleepy Eye, they have been super supportive about being a leader in your organization. Um, So it's been nice. I know there's some people that, that can't do things because their school doesn't support it, or they say, you can choose. Like, do you want to be on your state leadership team, or do you want to be on this national committee? And then you just have to choose because your, your school doesn't want you to be in 15 different things. And that, I mean, that's all about life and making choices. Um, but my schools all along, like I've been at different schools um, in Wisconsin and Minnesota, and they've always supported bettering yourself, <laughs> becoming a leader in your organization. It's hard, I think, for a school to say, no, we don't want you to be a leader in your organization.
0: How do you share? How do you share that with your administration and with your school, um, your involvement and your uh, the things that you're involved in and maybe things that you've won or participated in.
1: Well, we don't keep anything a secret in Sleepy Eye. We pickle in the paper every so. So whether it's about FA or AG classes or like people. So we, um, that FA reporter is responsible for putting articles in the paper. But if the ag teachers go to a conference, like we put an article in the paper
0: about that, so people know what we're doing. I think it's hard too to sometimes brag about yourself. Uh, so yeah. why why do you think it's important though to take the time to do that? I, and I'm guilty. I'm terrible. I will go to the ends of the earth to brag about my kids and others and never myself. So why do you think that's so important though for teachers?
1: Well, I think it's more information (laughs) instead of bragging. Like we went to this conference and we, we feel it's important and this is what we did while we were there. A lot of times like professional development money is paying for you to go to conferences and if no one ever knows what your money goes to, then you know why would they support you going to these conferences? So I think it's important to tell people what you're learning, what you're doing, all the different updates you get while you're at conference, like from MDE or your state association or you know other state groups that come and report out. Like I think all that's important for people to know um, what kind of information you're gathering and and how it's helping you in the classroom. Like there's different you know ways to tell it and we we do reports at the school board as well. a lot of it is face stuff, but, you know, if we have something going on in the ag room, like I invite the principal in my classroom and say, like, can you stop in today? I think we're doing something really cool. He might not think it's cool, but I do. <laughs> so I invite him in, and when he comes into my classroom, I invite him to join in um, and just make him a part of it.
0: I love that. I, that's, I never care if anybody else thinks it's cool. If I <laughs> think it's cool, we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so advice that you have for others, uh, and, and it could be any, any advice for any years of experience that a teacher may have, and maybe you have different advice for a younger teacher versus somebody with more experience. So what would that be for those people?
1: Well, for the younger people, I would say my advice is to start locally and then move like kind of to your region or section and then your state and then nationwide. Like kind of follow it in steps. It doesn't have to be followed that way, but I think it it makes sense um, to get involved that way. And then depending on what you're interested in, you can talk to your region or state leadership. Ag teachers want to help you. They want you to be involved. They're gonna answer whatever question you have. They're gonna help you with whatever you need help with. Um, We don't keep anything a secret. I mean, if you ask for anything, 10 ag teachers will step up and say, I can help. So you gotta ask questions. And then there's usually committees to be involved in at all levels that are a good place to start. So you don't have to run for a director or a vice president position right away. Like get involved on some kind of committee at some level And that'll just help you, you know, figure out, well, this is kind of interesting and you get to know so much more about the organization itself by being on those committees. And then, you know, when you're ready, the older um, teachers, if you've done some of that, then, you know, go with regional or sectional director, and then, you know, run for some of those other positions. If you, if you want to put yourself out there and meet new people and, um just have just awesome awesome experiences on the national level.
0: Brianna, what are some hurdles you feel, you know, as a younger teacher that you have getting involved either at the state or regional level that maybe Mary can help us address today?
2: Um I would say first and foremost is finding time for it. I mean, you're a new teacher or a younger teacher Um, or really at any level, (laughs) and you have so much going on, and um, so much to learn, I guess, and then the other one is, I think one we've talked about a little bit, but it can be intimidating when you walk into that room, and it's kind of like, well, what do I have to offer when in North Dakota, you see Brian Schneider, or Missy Hansen or some of those, like, you know, idols that you've been watching forever, and um, yeah it really
0: doesn't matter what state you're listening from you always have like this pedestal so think about who those ag teachers are on that pedestal that you idolize Um, because those names probably don't mean anything to some of you um, but think about those ag teachers that you put up on that pedestal so time um, so Mary if you can address how do people find the time and why should they find the time and you know how do you combat the I don't have anything to offer.
1: Well the finding time piece, a lot of these things happen at the same time as other events. So a lot of the statewide committees are during like summer conference or a a midway through the year conference so it's not a lot of time. It's just you're doing something different maybe while you're at conference or you might have to go a couple hours early to attend those meetings before conference starts. So a lot of the committees, I would say, is not that much time. Even the national committee, I mean, it's it's like two meetings a year that you have to be on a phone call or email or webinar or something. So, you know, start small with something that isn't going to take up a ginormous amount of your time. Like right now as region three director, yeah, it's quite a bit of time. But um, I'm pretty established, I guess I would say, you know, in my classroom and and things that I want to do. Um, my kids are older now too. Like my kids are, um, I have one daughter who's going to be a junior and the other one is a sophomore in college. So I don't have to worry about childcare and all those types of things uh, right now. So would I have ran for this 10 years ago? Probably not. So you kind of have to look at where you are in your life and what makes the most sense for you. And then as far as intimidation, like those idolized people that you have They're going to want to help you because they know what it means to be in this profession. They know what it means to be a young teacher. They were one (laughs) once, um, even if it was 25 years ago. And they want to help probably more than anyone else. So those are the people, I guess, that I would make friends with and that I would ask questions of because they're going to want to help you the most because they are successful. They want you to feel exactly what they feel.
0: I am always amazed at those people that we idolize are like, they have so much that they still want to learn about too. And it really puts it in perspective. Um, So yeah, that's pretty powerful. And when you said like, it just grows your ag ed family. That's, I mean, there's no better way to put it because that's real life. Um, Real life stuff right there, my friends. So you, can you highlight who they need to talk to to get started getting involved and then maybe transition into some of the resources that you've provided our listeners today
1: okay well i would just i mean you can ask anyone in your state or your region and they will help you get involved if you want to be involved like they'll be like let me show you the way because um the more people that are involved the better And sometimes it's hard for states to find volunteers for something like committees or even officer positions, and and they want you to be involved. So I would say ask anyone that you think um, can help you, and they definitely, if they don't know, they will find somebody immediately who can help. Um, Some of the resources I put together was the link to NAAE member benefits, and that can kind of walk you through some of the different things. Also, the link to NAA regions. So we've talked a lot about being um, involved in something like a regional conference or on a national committee. Um, Those are by region. And some of you might not even know what region you're in. So if you go to that link, it shows the states that are in each of the um, six regions around the country for NAAE. Um, I also have a link to professional development opportunities. So there are many different programs. And what's cool about these is they have something for everyone. So if you're a you know a vet, veteran teacher, like there's a few things they're actually working on. They're not sure what they're calling it yet. Maybe a wise owl or a seasoned owl program. And I'm super excited about that because I'm too old for a lot of the other programs. Um, but if you're a new teacher, something like teacher turn the key. If you're kind of mid-career, um, accelerate. Like there's different opportunities at every. Um, cycle in your in your career
0: well and the cool part is I got on a national committee it's been a little over three years now because I'm done but that wise owl conversation got started there and so you know as a member I'm now seeing you know here it was in in committee and now it's been brought to regions discuss if this is going to be a benefit and now it I mean, now they're moving and shaking and making decisions on if this is going to happen. So if you're thinking your voice isn't going to be heard or the things you're going to talk about is a waste in time because if they're not going anywhere that's that's not the truth. Um, I was also involved in helping create you know and update the um, the mentorship handbook. so things that you're doing in committee work is is beneficial to everyone. So, I just wanted to add to that because, I mean, your time is valuable and they, they need your voice there in order to continue to do great things for ag teachers across the nation.
1: Yep, absolutely. And then there's a couple other links. One is to NAA leadership opportunities. So, that one would have like the committee things or um, running for something like regional secretary or regional vice president. Uh, there's also a link to the NAA committee overviews. So we've talked about running for a committee. So what are the committees? What do you do? What do they? What do they even talk about? Um, that's what that link is about. The mission of each committee. And then um, there's a link to the NWA communities of practice, where you can find out about each region and the committee, so you can even see like who's on the committee for my region. Um, all that information is out there. And if there's positions that are vacant, so right now all around the country, there are open spots on these committees and you could be one of the people that um, applies to fill them, which is super cool. Uh, there's a link to the committee um, MOU, so the, that memorandum of understanding that your administration has to um, sign off on as well as if you want to run for the board. Um, that one tells you like how many days you would be um, out of school or in meetings. Um, and then as well as the MOU. And then I also have a link to the full board and staff so that you can find out like who represents you in your region, who, who is the NAAE staff. Um, the staff is growing, which is awesome. Um, NAAE has um, really flourished, I would say, in the last five to ten years and the staff is growing and then you have my contact information as well and I would love to hear from anyone like anybody who has any kind of question I will answer it probably within two days because otherwise the emails seem to get lost if you don't take care of them right away but I would definitely be interested in talking to anyone
2: well, I think those are some really awesome resources you, list, you listed. And um, I think even for myself, um, I'm definitely going to go check some of those out. And I still have a lot to learn about NAAE and how to get involved and, and want to do more as well. So I really appreciate that.
0: You're welcome. Mary, do you have any final thoughts, uh, things that you want to share um, before we wrap up this episode?
1: Um, I would just say get involved at some level. And you'll learn and you'll grow, and then you'll be like, Ooh, I wonder what else there is that I could do because that was pretty cool. So, you have to put yourself out there, you have to give it a try, and then you'll probably want to try more and more things.
0: And that's the lesson we teach our kids. So, practice what you preach. Um, Well, we thank Mary for being here on this episode to talk about NAE involvement and so much more. make sure to like Here by the Owl podcast on Facebook and Instagram and go in the show notes. We will uh, post a link to the Google Drive where it has all of Mary's uh, wonderful resources that she um, shared with us today. So thank you so much, Mary.
1: You're welcome.